This is the San Francisco Experience with your host, Jim Herlihy. Independent news commentary with a California perspective, featuring newsmakers, thought leaders, and authors. Season 9, Episode 17, My Hometown, Santander, Spain, talking to Alfredo Casuso. Continuing with our series of global cities from the perspective of a native son, we return to Spain's north coast and the beautiful seaside town of Santander, the capital of the Cantabria region. Santander, with a population of 172,000, is the principal city of Cantabria, a Spanish province with a population of 580,000. An historic port city, with ferries plying the Bay of Biscay to England and Cork, Ireland, Santander's economy is based on tourism, banking, fishing, heavy industry, shipbuilding, and logistics. The global Spanish bank Santander has its headquarters located there. Beautiful beaches attract tourists from throughout Spain and Europe, and the nearby lush green mountains are famous for their caves. One of the caves has Paleolithic art dating from 37,000 years ago, and it's been declared mankind's heritage by UNESCO. To the east of Santander lies the Basque region and the cities of Bilbao and San Sebastián. Joining us today from Orvieto, Italy, is Alfredo Casuso, a native of Santander, Spain. Alfredo, welcome to the show. Thank you. It's a pleasure to be here. Well, very good. Now, tell me, Alfredo, you're currently in Italy, but you spent some time uh, visiting with your, your family in Santander a couple of weeks ago. How did you find Spain after COVID? And this is your first time back in Spain for well over a year, right? Yeah, more. Uh, we literally were in Santander right as COVID was hitting Spain the first time, back in February, late February, early March of 2020. So we literally left, literally escaping, because we could see that things were starting to get really dire and that lockdowns were coming. So we left in March of 2020. And that was the last time until this recent visit. It was the first time I could see my parents in, since then. Well, of course, Spain, as we all know, was very hard hit by COVID. How did you find? How did you find your family and people of Santander and Spain generally? How did they weather COVID? Uh, well, it was the, the first three months was really hard. The lockdown was way more severe than what we experienced in California. Literally, people were only allowed out to go grocery shopping, and it was monitored and controlled. So for three months, there was no exercising, no going out, no, it, it was really strict. And my parents did well, they been together and they have a recent, I mean, decent sized apartment. So they were, they were doing fine in Santander. My brother on the other hand in Madrid had a very small apartment, uh, was by himself and that was, that was tough on him. Well, it sounds as though your family has come through with flying colors. And so when you and David made plans to travel to Spain, you must have been among the first American tourists to, uh, to land in Spain. How, have you, how, ha- how did your trip in Spain work out for you? Well, yes, it coincided that Spain opened to American uh, visitors like a, few, a week or two before we actually uh, arrived. Both David and I have Spanish passports, so that was not really a, a problem for us. We could have entered anyway at any point through the pandemic. We just chose not to because it wasn't safe. But this uh, this last 
germ we uh, realized, and we did have to fill out a health form. They did not require uh, proof of vaccination, even though we uh, were vaccinated, or a negative test. Spain does not require that, not even yet at this point. Uh -huh. So it was fairly simple. The only well, we did fly through London and just transiting through London, even though we didn't have to get out of the airport, just transiting, we did need to have a negative test. But that was just a UK requirement. I see. Well, let's talk about Santander because it's a beautiful city right on the seacoast there. It's an ancient city, an ancient port, very historic. Mm -hmm. Give us your impressions now that you've been, away for, uh, you've been away for a year. Sometimes you get a different perspective on a city after prolonged absence. Yes, it was... Nothing really seemed to have changed. The, the place I remember since I was a, a, a child, we arrived right at the best possible time. Santander thrives in the summer months, June, late June, July, August. So being there in late June, early July was really the best possible time to be. The weather this year, unfortunately, didn't cooperate. The, the north of Spain, people are always associated Spain with good weather and dry and sunny. But northern Spain is not really quite like that. In, if anything, it resembles a little bit Ireland. It's very green, and, and it tends to rain a lot. And this summer, actually, has <laughs> been a rainy one. A rainy one. Now, tell me about the hospitality industry in Santander, because, again, it's a, it's a big tourist center. How have the hotels, restaurants, nightclubs, bars, how have they all fared? And are they, are they reopened for business now? They are. When we were there in late June, early July, it didn't feel very busy. We stayed, I mean, my parents always wanted us to stay with them, but we, we stayed in a hotel nearby. And the hotel was, I would say, about 60-70% uh, full. And that was my impression for most hotels. It was relatively quiet for that time of the year. However, uh, my understanding now in August, from what I, I talk to my parents almost every day, is that it's very busy. So a lot of, mostly Spaniards, so a lot of Spaniards, not so many Europeans, are flocking to Santander right now. Oh, well, that's a, that's a good development. And I understand. Yes. And, <laughs> and I guess, you know, the first phase will be for the Spaniards to come back. And then after that, the, the French and the British and the Germans and, and all of the other European tourists will eventually make their way back, too. Yes, it's, it's a, it's, it's, we mentioned before in the intro that there's a ferry connecting to England. And it comes twice a week. English tourists don't tend to stay in Santander. They arrive from the UK and then they head right down to Costa's Hall. But there is a significant number of transiting people from the UK every twice twice a week. But it's very popular with particularly the French because it's nearby. From the French border, uh, it's about three hour drive. So a lot of French do go to Santander every summer. Uh huh. Well, in fact, the that that famous that famous promenade on the, the seafront there at Santander is a little bit like Promenade des Anglais in uh, Nice, is it not? Yeah, it's somewhat similar, yes, indeed. Uh -huh. And, of course, the, uh, that's, uh, the French would love that, so I can understand why French would make a beeline for Santander. Let's talk a little, yeah. let's talk a little bit about the caves that, that, surround, that are in the surrounding mountains and the hills in Cantabria outside of Santander. The what, the museum, is it called the Altamira Museum? Yeah, the, the most famous of the caves is the Altamira Caves. There are many others, not so well known, but Altamira is the most famous and the one, as you say, is a UNESCO site, uh -huh. heritage site. 
And that's about, I would say it's about a 30 minute drive, 40 minute drive from Santander. Actual cave is not open to the public. However, they, uh, a replica has been, uh, exact replica of the cave has been built, and that's what uh, is now open to the tourists, I mean to the public. I see. And, and that, those paintings, those cave paintings, date from 37,000 years ago? Correct. And they are unique in that there are other prehistoric caves, of course, uh, in, in Europe and other parts of the world. The, one of the unique features of this one is that the artist used the paint and the actual shape of the rock to make it three-dimensional. So when you see one of the uh, ox and one of the bulls, you can see the muscles are built on the rock, so it's actually like a three-dimensional picture to a degree. Oh, that's amazing. And that's quite unique. That's amazing. Now, uh, when was the original cave closed to the public and the museum opened? And I, I fully understand that they probably don't want people in the cave breathing or potentially damaging... I'm not quite sure about the exact date, but my sense is what is sometime in the late 80s, early 90s. And of course, of course, you can still visit the original cave, but you have to apply for a permit, and it's just not for tourism. You have to be uh, some, some kind of university associated to a university or an archaeologist. So you can still visit, but it's limited to professionals. Okay. So, so but the good thing is... Oh, sorry. No, go ahead. Yeah, there are other caves uh, in Puente Viesgo and in other parts of Cantabria. There are other caves with paintings, and those are open to the public. Now, apart from the Paleolithic art, and of course that's, that's a unique experience anywhere in the world, but apart from the Paleolithic art outside of Santander, what are the other, what are the other activities that a visitor would want to do when they come to Santander? Well, one of the nicknames of uh, the region, uh, Cantabria, is La Montaña, the mountain, um, because that's most of the area is, is mountainous. Uh, it's a very dist short distance from the sea to the mountain. Um, so there's a lot of hiking, a lot of rock climbing. In the winter, there is a ski resort as well, to down, down slope skiing, downhill skiing. And then, of course, the coast. Uh, it's very... Uh, the beaches are beautiful, they tend to be sandy and clear blue waters. Uh-huh. So the so so essentially people would want to go to Santander for the beaches and for for the nightlife and, and that sort of thing, right? Correct. I mean the nightlife is is a common feature all across Spain. I wouldn't say Santander's nightlife is any different from any other large city, but it is very active, definitely. But the reason yeah, I would say is it's most in, in the nature is the most important, the defining characteristic of Cantabria. Now, you and David are avid hikers. Did you have an opportunity to do any hiking in those beautiful green mountains outside of Santander? Not, not this time, because as, as I was telling you before, my parents had been locked down for a long time, and they hadn't left. I mean, they, yes, the, the lockdown lifted eventually, but still they hadn't leave, left their region for almost a year and a half, so we felt that we wanted to take them out. So we took a car, we drove to Santander, we spent three or four days with them and saw some family, and then we just drove with them all the way to the south of Spain. So we actually didn't have a lot of time this time to do the hiking, but we have in the past. Uh-huh. Oh, very good. Now, some beautiful, some beautiful trails. Yes. Now tell me, the one of the largest banks in the world, Banco Santander, has its headquarters in Santander. Tell me a little bit about how this large global bank 
ended up having its headquarters in Santander. Well, it, it, it's a very interesting story, and in a way, it connects way, all the way back to the Paleolithic, the Paleolithic paintings in Altamira that we were talking about, because the person that discovered them, I can't remember his last name right now, but it was actually the great-grandfather, no, it was the grandfather of the founder of Banco de Santander, Marcelino Sautuola. So he discovered the case, and you know, it's not that the case connected to the bank, but he was a discoverer, and it was a wealthy family, and I think uh, they created the bank, and it started like a small bank, just a regional, in during the Franco years, each region of Spain had its own bank. Towards the end of the Franco, when Franco died, and uh, democracy returned to Spain, uh, there were seven large banks, and those were the seven banks in Spain. And little by little, Santander started buying them all, and to the point that only two remained, Santander and Bilbao Vizcaya. And then Santander became very aggressive internationally, and especially in Latin America, and also in England as well, England and Germany, and now it's one of the biggest banks in the world. Yes, yes, indeed. Now, how is the how is the local economy in Santander and that north coast of Spain progressing? Because shipbuilding is important, fishing, heavy industry. Were all of those industries heavily impacted by COVID and the shutdown, the lockdowns? Well, I'm going to go a bit further back. Cantabria's economy was very, uh, in the milk industry, uh, cows, uh, the, the whole milk industry was fundamental to the economy. And when Spain joined the European Union, there were some quotas imposed, and that really affected Cantabria. And it changed not only the economy, but it changed the landscape. It used to be a lot of pasture for cows, and since Cantabria was not allowed to produce as much milk as it traditionally did, a lot of that, those hills with green pastures were changed for other type of or agriculture or just left wild. So that has a significant impact on the landscape and the economy. As of right now, COVID certainly affected the tourism industry, didn't affect the bank. The Bank of Santander, so another important thing to know is that the bank, most of the operations moved to Madrid, but the owners of the bank made a conscious choice to leave the headquarters in Santander so that the tax base or the tax that the bank pays remains in Cantabria, and that's a significant uh, boost for the economy as well. Uh-huh. And shipbuilding was a tradition for many, 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 many years. Uh, in fact, one of uh, in the shield and the crest of the city of Santander, there are two ships with chains and the tower in Seville, Torre del Oro, and that's because a few centuries ago there was a blockade by the British fleet of Seville, and the ships that broke the the blockade were manufacturing Santander. So shipbuild industry is very important, and that declined for many, many years in the last decades. But in the last four years, it has experienced a little renaissance, and COVID has not changed that. Now, I was reading that as a result of membership of the EU, Spain had to cut back its milk production because Europe had too much milk. Spain was encouraged to grow its uh, forestry industries, and that as a result, uh, certain kinds of trees like uh, eucalyptus and pine have been planted because they're fast growing, and mm-hmm. eucalyptus in particular is not you know doesn't have any doesn't have any native bugs or uh, funguses to attack it. So is, is that a growing industry also in Santander? It, traditionally, for, for quite a while it was. In fact, Kira, I always remember 
telling my friends because my family owned a little eucalyptus forest. It, it, they, they, they used it for paper. And at some point I said, oh, I have an eucalyptus. I will inherit an eucalyptus forest. <laughs> but at some point my family sold it. So that was an industry way back, even before the European Union. But my understanding is that now it's not so popular because eucalyptus, you're right, is, is not native and that gives it some advantages in terms of resistance, but at the same time, it's really damaging for the environment. I see. Now, it, interestingly, of course, Spain has been a member of the EU for over 30 years, I think. As a result of COVID and certainly as a result of Brexit, a lot of countries in Europe are, are beginning to take a second look at Spain, at, uh, at the EU. Is Spain very much in favor of the EU or is there any opposition to continued membership of the EU in Spain? No, I, I would say it's just a talking uh, opposition. Most most people are really, really behind it. Most of the political parties support it. Uh, there may be one right wing, uh, not right wing, really extreme right wing party that may have questions about the EU. But overall, I would say that overwhelming majority of people are still happy with the EU. I see. Now, of course, you and I both know that San Francisco and the Bay Area is uh, a big technology area. Tell me a little bit about technology in Santander. Is there is there a technology industry and concentration in Santander on that north coast of Spain? Not to my knowledge. Uh, in recent years, a, a small um, tech technology camp area has been built, trying to attract some uh, industry, but I wouldn't think it's significant. I see. Okay, but the the most most in the, the Basque region. I mean, Santander is very close to uh, Bilbao. It's about fifty minute drive. Plus, the Basque country is more of a magnet for tech at this moment. I see. Okay, very good. Well, now that you're now that you're currently working in Italy and keeping your uh, keeping the business going there in uh, in Italy, when do you think you might be getting back to Santander? Well, we're, uh, we're aiming for Christmas. That would be our, our goal, just mainly because my parents are in their 80s, and of course, the most time we spend with them, the better. But we don't know for sure yet, but we'll aim for Christmas. And of course, right now, with the Delta variant, everything is changing again. So, yeah, we're aiming for it, but things may change. Things may change. Well, Alfredo, in the remaining few minutes that we have in the podcast, are there any other features about Santander that you would like to share with our with our listeners? Because it's a beautiful city. It's one that is easily accessed either by ferry or air or train. Are there any other features or aspects to the city of Santander that you'd like to, to share with our listeners? Oh, absolutely. Well, two things. Um, First, uh, Santander, when we, everybody knows that Bilbao got the Guggenheim Museum, and what most people don't know is that Santander actually bid for it and almost got it. But that didn't happen. But Santander has now another fabulous museum, which is called the Centro Botin, with a spectacular new building um, by, right by the water, uh, waterfront. And the old headquarters of Banco de Santander are being converted into a museum as well to house the collection of the Botin family, which are the owners of the museum. So Santander is becoming quite a cultural center um, for museums and painting. Then the other thing that it has is, of course, the gastronomy. 
Binas Port and Cantabria Binal Coastal uh, seafood is amazing. So I imagine tapas in the late afternoon, the early evening, are there plenty of tapas bars that that people frequent? Yeah, the the, the thing is, is tapas, at least in Santander, is not exactly how Americans think of tapas. In Santander, people go at night around 8 o'clock, they go out, and they just have something to drink with their friends, and they stop in one place, and they eat a little bit there, they go to another bar, have another drink, and then a little bit to eat, and then it becomes around 9, 9.30, and then they sit for dinner. <laughs> so the tapas are just like a little, it's a little thing they eat before dinner. Uh-huh. But yes, there are many tapas bars in Santander. Very good. Well, Alfredo, I, I'd like to thank you very much for taking the time to join us today on the San Francisco experience and to give us your, your take on your native town, Santander, Spain. And once again, thank you very much for joining us and sharing with us this rich heritage that you have in northern Spain. It's been a pleasure. Very happy to talk about my hometown. Well, and Alfredo, once again, I I hope that the rest of your trip is successful and uh, and safe, and we look forward to seeing you back here in California, probably I guess in September sometime. So yes, once again, we'll be back September sixth. Very good. Well, we'll look forward to seeing you at that time. And for my listeners, please take a moment to visit my website to subscribe to the podcast, www.thesanfranciscoexperiencepodcast.com. It's free to do so, and by subscribing, all future episodes will come directly to your inbox. You can also listen to the previous 180 shows. You can read my book, peruse my blog, send me an email, or leave a comment. This has been the San Francisco Experience with your host, Jim Herlihy, reporting to you from America's favorite city, San Francisco.